<laughs> we haven't even started drinking yet today. <laughs> oh, God. everybody, welcome to another episode of Scrutiny with Sherry and Andy. I'm Andy Vargo, and this is my bestie, Sherry Hardman. <laughs> so you don't like what? I know, maybe it depends on which way, but on my screen, that was the right way. Anyway, how are you today, Sherry? We're going to talk about all things in the world with our own twist of scrutiny, by yeah. the way. Sherry, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I just, I took a nap. It was like, I had an hour that I could carve out. Oh no, don't for that nap time. Uh-huh. I know, sorry. And so I did that. And then, then I'm like kind of laughing because I've got my curlers heated up and I don't have any makeup on yet. Oh, you but don't? Do but here's the funny thing is that I'm doing that for a show that's live, yeah. and I've done nothing for a show that's gonna be preserved forever on video. <laughs> that makes no sense. But you know what? People here get to know the real us and see the behind the scenes. So it's kind of fitting. That's true. Uh, you look good in your uh, your. That's your new. You're on your com new computer, aren't you? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm on my yeah, new. Yeah, the color computer. is so sharp and. Right. And I remember to turn my lights on today. That was remember like a couple episodes ago where it just got darker and darker. And pretty soon you're like, <laughs> why are you in the dark? <laughs> yeah. Cool. I do like that. I'm really digging this red and black combo. I've been wearing it actually the last couple of days. I have like four red shirts. I just rotate through. So I need to remember to tell people that I'm. I am wearing clean clothes. I just have, but well, I yeah. picked my I pick my clothes up off the floor quite often and put them on. So I mean, I will cycle through them as much as I can before I wash them. But um, but I do keep them clean. I I tell you, I uh, yeah. Anyway, I'll 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 digress before I get into that till later. What do you got coming up? You got a show tonight. You got other stuff. You got you yeah. doing busy lately. Yeah, pretty busy. I am. Yeah, I have a show tonight and at a place called Olmstead. I think it's on Capitol Hill, somewhere in okay. Seattle. Nice. And then uh, Saturday and Sunday, I am doing the Dope Show. That's dope. Uh huh. What about you? That show. I don't have any shows coming up, but I would love to chat about the shows we just had. On we had a I know. couple shows in a row on Saturday and, or Sunday and Monday. We really did. Yeah, we, we did. So we should talk about that. Yeah. So it started out with Love and Relieve at Nate Jackson's Super Funny Comedy Club, which was a blast. It was. It was. Um... Oh, wait. Oh, maybe I don't need it. I realized one of my lamps isn't on. Oh. But I look pretty. You look good. I know. But when the lights are really hot, it kind of blurs out some ugliness. Oh, I think I look fine though. Um, I don't see any ugliness in you, Sherry. Yeah, I was really nervous about. Thank you. I was really nervous about Nate's because mm -hmm. I just want you know, like that was a lot of responsibility he handed me, and I did not want to disappoint him. You know, well, you know. He, first of all, he's just a great, super nice guy. He's got his own business going, so we don't want to let him down in all those ways. And he's a friend, uh, right? But. There were also challenges because it was Super Bowl Sunday. 
it, you know, Sunday night shows can be kind of tricky because you never, you know, sometimes people are, you know, wrapping up their week. And mm -hmm. uh, so it, it was a little nerve wracking. Plus just being the first time you're doing anything in a venue that's new and different and not wanting to let them down. So mm -hmm. I was just so thrilled with how that show went and how many people were there. And it, it was fun. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll feel a lot better next time. Mm -hmm. And we do, we're doing a show there next month. And so that will, the first one's always the worst as far as nerves. So that next one will be better. Except well, in the next one, we are doing the game show. Right. So that'll add another twist. So that's going to add a little bit of pressure there. But, you know, that it, it's a fun show. So, well, and that's in a good way, that's a challenging room for me. I'm getting used to because that stage has that kind of horseshoe where you have people. So I've, I'm really trying to practice my presence. And I felt good about how I did with kind of making sure I looked at the whole room, but uh, it, it does kind of add a different variable to you can't just get comfortable standing in the same place on stage because every room you go into could be different. So you, you kind of always need to have that. Mm -hmm. in I always worry there when I, well, like this show, because I stayed on my scooter and, you know, there have been times that my scooter has, uh, surged in speed unexpectedly oh. <laughs> okay right. yeah. so there's this feeling of like oh god if I, I'm gonna go plunging or I'm worried that I'm gonna go plunging over the edge so there's that yeah. uh, I think next time well no well I don't know how I'm gonna do it next time but no so I mean that's a challenge you know but um one I thing, like that I like that stage one thing I noticed and I didn't really notice as much until the video but I noticed that you, the way your scooter was parked and you turned and were completely on the side, it acted just more like a stool. And I felt like that was a really great presence. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So, so that was good. And then the next day. Valentine's Day. We did Roast Your Ex at Odd Otter. Yes. Always fun. The biggest challenge there was fitting everybody in. Which is such a great problem to have fantastic problem to have yeah yeah and the thing was there were like people showing up and I was like there's seat there's rooms up front because we had you know had some open spots and there were tables that you know were half full that we could that people hadn't moved to and I was like no there's spots you can buddy up and and we needed them and so that was great because it was like and I was so annoyed with myself because I had gone up on the stairs and taken a picture of how full the room was and that was before like six or eight more people showed up and I didn't even think to go back up and take oh. a picture. so when I was looking at it I was like oh this is I'm like wait no those spots were full and those spots were full so there was actually more people I mean it still shows a full room because I think there were like 45 people there or something I counted at one point mm -hmm. yeah it was awesome that it was, was a good it was a good show it went really well I was really proud of us the Roaster X show does well every year yeah. and all the comedians did excellent you know I had never met Lance or Julia from Portland and just mm -hmm. I love meeting new people and seeing them and <laughs> hearing their different stories and just seeing them do well and just entertain the, the crowd is just so much fun. Mm -hmm. It's kind of nice because, you know, when you get, uh, when you're in a scene, you know, you hear the same people tell the same jokes all yeah. the time because you're on the same shows. So it's right. kind of nice to bring some out of state people to, oh, I've never heard that before. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Loved it. So it was a great time. It yeah. was ready for the next thing so mm -hmm. yeah now i'm excited because i have a four-day weekend so oh that's fun oh yeah it's <laughs> day. yeah 
Yeah, I have um, I have gotten to a position now where I've way cut down my work at Otter. So I'm down to like two to three days a week there, uh, which really opens up my ability to make TikTok videos. So yeah, that I thought I was. Gonna I have created. No. I've created a monster with you with this. I've only made like six today. So <laughs> now in, in fairness, I am seeing my therapist on Monday. So we'll talk about this. <laughs> but uh, I initially wanted to hit it hard at the beginning because I wanted to fill up my profile with a, and get like 20 videos right away. And I've been challenging myself to do different things and use different features on each video just to practice learning it so that I can be familiar with it. And I do plan to slow down unless like, if it takes off, it takes off, then that's what I'll keep doing. But I, I do plan to scale back and not necessarily open my phone every four minutes to see if I got another view on my TikTok views or my Facebook views where I post. So, so how many, how many videos do you have now? Uh, I have 17 that I have made and shared and I have another six more that I have okay. um, made because I've made some for marketing for Otter. And then, so I think I have about five or six I've made for there. So, but on my page, I have 17 public mm -hmm. um, in the last, like, I don't know what, five days. <laughs> well, good for you. Um, since I've been watching you, it's kind of inspired me a little bit to just, just do one a day. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter yeah. what it is, but just do one a day and try a few different things. Um, uh, Today, on today's video, I messed up a little bit. I, I kept singing too long. Oh. Before I gave I up and did the, the, the other thing that I did. Okay, I didn't see that yet. I'm going to have to go watch it. Yeah, don't give up too soon because you're going to want to like, mm. the singing was not so good, let's just say. But what I did after that was kind of funny. I watched your singing. Uh, for Yesterday or whatever. It was, my girl, was that, was, that was awesome. That was cool. That was all right. Was but fun. yeah. I did a yeah. I did a workout duet today, uh, just oh. right this. and so that with who? Uh, I had some really sexy guy that does workouts. Oh. He had a shirt on. It's not like a, but he's done these where he like does push-ups but turns them into like jumping jacks. And so I was challenging myself to do that, and I kind of failed. But uh, I'm really one of the things that I'm challenging myself to do because it's a lot of fun to do. So I'm trying to make sure that I continually work my brand into most of the videos. So that it's not just me doing something silly and goofy, but that I tie it back to own your awkward, and and you know I'll still have some that have nothing to do with that, like the toothbrush one that right now has like I think it's about three thousand views with the toothbrush one um, between the diff three different places I have it posted, and you know that one doesn't have my marketing on it anywhere. It just just basically like saying I'm a hoe. <laughs> it's just a funny thing. But so I'm doing some like that that are just. To, you know, to throw some comedy out there, but yeah. So you were so resistant for so long that I'm actually really shocked that you started doing it. Uh huh. <laughs> and you're really doing it, so that's cool. That's cool. it's fun. It's it's a problem. It is a problem. So yeah. Uh, so I'm going over to uh, Spokane on Sunday. Yeah. To, to do the dope show, and it's supposed to snow. Oh, snow can. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm going over with Mike Hansen and Naren Van, uh -huh. and uh, like we're going to take my vehicle because it's the only one we could take because of my scooter. But Your it's team. not my, it's not like 
all-wheel drive or anything preparing for snow. Do you have chains for your scooter? I, uh, I'm not for my scooter. <laughs> we do. I did buy some for the car, but I, I'm my husband's really kind of nervous about this. So um, I do think I mean, though, if you are over there in this and there's snow even like behind you in the background, and even if like the sidewalk's cleared and you have your scooter there, I think that'd be a great chance to get a TikTok video of like them helping you out of the snow with your <laughs> scooter. <laughs> anyway, watch for a chance. That's all I'm saying. Because you know, everything that comes up in my mind now is like, here's a TikTok idea, here's a video idea. <laughs> Well, that's good, though. I mean, TikTok or not, I mean, it's always good to be thinking of new ideas mm -hmm. for stuff like that. So, for emotional. I've really not been envious, like in a jealous way, but I've really been inspired the last several months by all the great videos that I see Ashley Gutermuth post that are just quirky little skit type videos. Mm -hmm. And Philip Kaczynski does a bunch of those. Oh, does he? I haven't seen any of his. A bunch of hilarious ones. Um, so I, I've seen both of theirs between Facebook. A lot of his I see on Instagram uh, more than, than elsewhere. But between those two, I'm like, oh, these are just little quirky day in the life things. And you know, a lot of times with Ashley, it's her running and saying, oh, look at this. Or I'm a military spouse and look at what this was like. And um, But they're all the kind of things that are the, become the basis for our jokes or sometimes are funny things that wouldn't necessarily work on stage, but are a funny part of our personality that people like to see kind of like just like your your um your carry video with the dollar tree you know it's like it's it's showing how your mindset works throughout your day that's mm -hmm. not you could throw up into a a joke on stage <laughs> that your fans right. want right yeah right anyway. well cool so what would you like to talk about today, Sherry? Or would you like me to go first? I want to talk about emotional manipulation. So Okay. We had a we had a kid today um talking about uh how some of his friends have been treating him. Oh, yeah. And how he really felt like, well, there are his friends, like he can't not see them because then he won't have any friends. And but mm -hmm. some of the things they were saying to him were, you know not very cool and it just made me reflect on how I've been treated by people throughout my life and so I found an article I think it's like 15 ways 15 signs that you're being emotionally manipulated oh. so I yeah 15 signs of emotional manipulation and what to do all right and I wish I had that article years ago because I can say I was in a situation when you know in a past relationship that really wasn't good and so I can really relate to that right you know sometimes uh, emotional manipulation can be subtle or kind of hard to identify but mm -hmm. then it, you do get to a point where you can write like once you really dealt with someone like that yeah you recognize what that feels like even if you can't quite pinpoint what it is they're doing to you right you well, there's a whole bundle that goes together with that and gaslighting and narcissism. Right. Like there's just a lot of things. I mean, remember a month or two, well, it was a couple months ago back around Thanksgiving time when I had that that guy I was chatting with who blew up with me over text. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, I've trained, I've had 20 years of training for this. I know not to engage. So good luck. Right. Thank you. Have a nice day. Right. But right. So uh, you know, it's kind of things. Uh, doing this kind of thing is to kind of get control 
you know, and the person's like not going to be like, oh, I got to control this person. But, you know, um, they'll have this inner need to do this kind of stuff. Right. So, uh, if someone sent me a message. Okay. So, uh, if they maintain home court advantage, mm. so like, that, you know, they always want to be in their place or their There's, ownership of a place. Yeah. Kind of puts you at a, a disadvantage. So if they say, walk over to my office or you know how far of it a, a drive it is for me, why don't you come over here? Yeah. That's or one. Even as, and even as simple as, hey, come over here. I want to talk to you. Right. Like, even if you're in this, like, just taking control of it, like, because it's not always as big of a thing. When I was a young hot chick and I used to go out to bars and stuff, mm -hmm. there would be guys that would motion for me to come to them. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, you know, you want to talk to me, you come over here. Yeah. So that was all that was always a sign, like right away. Right. Um these kind of people get too close too quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, they might share their darkest secrets with you or make you feel really special. So that yeah. you give up your secrets and then they can use those things against you. And that's those, a really good point because our instinct is to feel like, oh, they're being vulnerable. So we're getting close. Right. And, and, you know, they might say like, oh, I feel like we're really connecting on a deep level. Or I've never had someone, you know, we're meant to be together and that kind of stuff. So yeah. that's setting that like, uh, that's setting you up for mm -hmm. something. Yeah. They let you speak first, mm. but that's so that they can ask probing questions so that they can manipulate what, um, you know, for example, so they say, oh, I've never heard about that. I've never heard good things about that company. What was your experience to get you to say a bunch of shit about it? Right. Or uh, you're just going to have to explain to me again why you're mad at me. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Put it. Yeah. Put it all on you. They twist the facts, you know, exaggerate things to make them seem more vulnerable. Yeah. Um, they understate their role in a conflict to gain your sympathy. Like if they're always telling you some story about how somebody did them wrong, mm -hmm. that's a that's a little flag, you know. Yeah. They'll say like, I asked a question about the project. She came at me yelling at me about how I never did anything to help her. Or I cried all night and didn't sleep a wink. They want to get you on their sympathy side. Yeah. And it's hard because there's always two sides to any story. And whether right. or not one person was right or wrong or they just perceived it wrong from each side, that can be the case where sometimes both people aren't necessarily doing anything wrong, but the perception and the communication date breakdown becomes the thing. Right. But if you're not willing to have a conversation with people when you're sharing it and say, I, you know, I might have approached this wrong. This is kind of what happened. I can see where I did this, but now I got to figure out how to handle that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Much different deal. Um, they engage in intellectual bullying. So they say, you know, they're the expert. So they'll say stuff like, well, you're new to this, so I wouldn't expect you to understand. Oh. I, I know this is a lot for you, so let me tell you again slowly. Kind of condescending, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then there's also bureaucratic bullying. Um, 
if you ask say you ask questions that kind of bring their flaws to the surface mm. you know they'll say oh this will be way too difficult for you i'd just stop now and save yourself the effort um they make you feel sorry for voicing your concerns this is a common one i don't understand why you don't just trust me mm. you know i have anxiety i can't help it if i want to know where you are all the time mm. yeah yeah well it makes it a back about them yeah that's like why are you it's weird because it's like you voice your concern but then they're saying like you're the one being rude to them because you're concerned about how they're treating you. Right. Which is totally that gaslighting situation. Well, I've known people like this throughout my life. So this really like in my head, I'm like, oh, that reminds me of so-and-so, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, they diminish your problems and play up their own. Okay, so, oh, you think that's bad? Well, you don't have to deal with a cube mate who talks on the phone all day or be thankful you have a brother. I felt alone all my life. Yeah one-upping or one-downing, I guess, because they're trying to say theirs is worse. They act like a martyr. Oh, I know you need This is a lot. I'm already overwhelmed. This is harder than it looks. I don't think you knew what you're asking of me. Uh, they're always just joking when they say something rude or mean. That's a common abusive hmm. thing. I think it's twofold. One is to watch who we're bringing into our lives and what conversations we're allowing to continue because we're always going to have conversation starter. We're going to have people that we get to know, but then how do we, one is to like make sure that we're not continually engaging in the conversation when it's a situation where we're putting ourselves in this place that we are now stuck with that type of personality. And then the other half is to be aware of how we're treating people and maybe we're not that extreme that we're checking off all 15 of these boxes but maybe there's one or two where i'm like i might have said that i might have said i was joking sometimes when i was looking yeah. at somebody or i might have done this so i need to make sure that that doesn't become a trait that becomes right right yeah well I, I like a couple of these things i will oh i've done that before you know yeah me too I, as you're reading i'm going oh, please like hope no one i know is watching me because i've done that <laughs> but it's always just you know we're on a journey to be better people so we learn as we go and but then we also have to make sure we keep quality in our lives right um the, they also they don't take accountability so they'll never take responsibility for their errors but they'll find a way to make you try to make you feel guilty about it and yeah. you may end up apologizing even if they're the one at, at fault like i only did it because i love you so much mm. you know if you hadn't gone to your kids' awards program, you could have finished the project the right way. You know, I don't, I don't want to say this is like super triggering for me because I hate using that word. I think that's a little overused, but there's a lot of stuff in this that I used to let into my life, whether it was in relationships with friends or significant other, or even bosses where I got into a lot of situations where people treated me like shit and I didn't demand respect. And it's because I didn't value myself enough to bring that expectation into my life. And I just, as you're saying some of these, it's kind of like, right. like, I, right. like, like I instantly can go into like an instant memory where I feel that feeling from certain conversations I've had over the years. Right. Well, sometimes people can insert themselves in your life 
Mm -hmm. And then you start noticing these things and it's like, oh my God, how do I get this person out of my life? Yeah, how do I backpedal out of this situation? Mm -hmm. That's fair. Um, there was one up you. When you're elated, they find a reason to take the spotlight away from you. Yeah. So whether in a positive or a negative sense, uh, for example, oh, your, your pay increase is great, but did you see so-and-so got a full promotion? Or uh, I'm sorry your grandfather passed. I lost both of my grandparents. I lost both of my grandparents oh. in two weeks. So at least it's not that bad. I hate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard. That's... And it's hard because we want to we want to share how we can relate to people, but we have to be aware of how it can come across on the other side. Right, right. Especially I know a lot of times people are. use their story that's similar, mm -hmm. thinking that they're relating with people. But I've and I know I've done it. I've done it a lot, and I think we've all done it a lot of times. But we also need to recognize that 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 doesn't help the other person. That just means you've turned the conversation around to talk about yourself, basically. Right. It's interesting to see with social media now where, I mean, we've talked about this, where we've seen this happen on Facebook posts, where someone posts either something good or bad that's happened in their life, and someone in the comments kind of takes over the thread of like, oh, well, what about mine? And, and that's interesting because you see it in a slowed down time in front of everybody and in writing. And it's like, did you see what you did there? And, and the person might not even really have consciously done that. And it's a good lesson for them to be aware. But sometimes it spirals. But it is kind of, it's like, oh, I have to be very aware of how I'm interacting and commenting. I have one person that uh, never comments on my page unless I say I'm going to Vegas mm. in so many days. And then it's always like, well, it's how many days they're going to Vegas, which is fine. That's great. It's a way to relate. But can you say... Yeah. Oh, I hope you have fun and then share yours. Like, right. yeah. I don't know. Now yeah. I just called somebody out because now everybody's going to notice. That's okay because this isn't about Vegas, so they won't watch this post. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, they use your insecurities against you. Mm, yeah. Mm, they use your weak spots to wound you. Like, oh, you said you'd never want your kids to grow up in a broken home. Look what you're doing to them now. Mm hmm. And uh, this is a tough audience. I'd be nervous if I was you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they use your feelings against you, trying to make you feel guilty. If you really love me, you'd never question me. Or, oh, I couldn't take that job. I wouldn't want to be away from my kids so much. Mm. Guilt trips and ultimatums. If you leave me, I don't deserve to live. If you can't be here this weekend, I think it shows your level of dedication. Wow. Ugh. That's, that's I, I've, I've had that situation where there's this, if you don't do this, then that means this in my life. And, and it is, uh, I've, I dealt with that a lot. And it, and I, and I would, was like, okay, then I guess I need to do this. Whereas now I'm just like, I'm, you know, it's unfortunate that that's the, I, I've had to be very careful about saying, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry this, because I'm, that's not my thing to, to make them right care about so I try to to be it's unfortunate that's your perception of the situation mm -hmm. coming from and I have I don't value that the same way that you do and so yeah. it's much easier being single in that regard because I'm not in a relationship with someone where I'm trying to make sure and keep it and salvage it and be like, okay now I've got to be very aware of 
I can't, you know, now I can say, well, you know what? We're different enough. Let's not go any further. Whereas if I was in a relationship that we had gone to a certain place and cared enough, then it's like, okay, well, now we have to decide if we're going to work through this and adjust, or are we going to say, ah, oh, I think this is as far as we can go. Right. My stomach is growling all of a sudden. Uh, the other thing is they can be passive aggressive. They can use people around you mm-hmm. to communicate with you or talk behind your back. Yeah. I, I talk about this, but I know you're busy or I thought it was better if you heard it from someone else, not me, since we're so close. Well, and, and I, it might mention this, but this kind of falls into that. But um, in some of those toxic personality behaviors, a big thing is them rallying support from everybody else about you know whatever they think is right right Again, i'm gonna get everybody on my side before i approach this or really get the story so they haven't even talked uh-huh. to people, but they've talked to everybody else yeah well so everybody else says that that you're this or that you know yeah, yeah I, I had a conversation one time and someone you said that to me and i said well where did they get all of that side of the story was that because they didn't get that from me so that means that they only heard one side of the story right so everybody else is in agreement with the version of the story that you're telling them is what you're saying. <laughs> right. Well, I, you know, you said earlier two sides to a story, but there really are three sides. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, they give you the silent treatment. They use the silence to gain control and make you feel responsible. You know, here's the thing about the silent treatment. You may think of it like one person may think, oh, they're giving me the silent treatment. And the other person might just be like, I don't need this drama in my life. I'm not talking to you anymore. You yeah. know, I have seen people like, um, uh, like in dating situations or like, well, I just, I just need him to answer me. Like, I just need you to answer me. I need closure. It's like, it doesn't work that way. You can't demand someone to answer you. Yeah, that's true just can't do it uh they say or do something and later deny it i never said that you're imagining things there's the gaslighting right yeah um they're always too calm especially in times of crisis you saw that everyone else was calm you just got too upset i didn't want to say anything you seem so out of control now i will say that i have learned this does work for me Mm-hmm. I do use this one because I, I I have a husband who gets upset easily. So the more he, easily he gets upset, the more I can be calm. And no matter yeah. how wrong I am, he looks like the asshole. It's true. I have okay. used this. I have. Well, so I apologize to my husband, but you know. Well, and also um, there's that leveling up of engagement. So if someone is is anxious or their, their nerves are, are ramped up a little bit and you kind of feed into it, then you kind of just keep upping the level of, of energy each time mm-hmm. instead of stepping back and thinking, okay, I can later discuss what's wrong. It doesn't mean that we won't ever go down that road, but right now it's not going to be received very well. So there is kind of that, um, that balance of when that's the right thing to do versus right. when it's a control. Because if, if you're doing it to control, that's a much different thing. Right. And then they can also leave you questioning your own sanity. Oh. Everyone, everyone knows that's not how this works. Or I wasn't late. You just forgot what, what yeah. time I said I'd be there. Or, or flat out. And that was the same thing with that 
psycho guy, there were things where he's like, well, you did this too. And I'm like, I told you I was sending you a picture from me two years ago saying, look at this funny picture I took two years ago. Not, hey, I was just thinking about you in the car. Here I am, you know? Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Ago. So. so the ways that you uh, can do this, you can apologize for your part, but then move on. Now, you're probably not going to get an apology, but you don't need to dwell on that. Just say whatever you did that was wrong and then be done. Yeah. Uh, don't try to beat them because two people playing this game is not going to be fun. Mm -hmm. And then set some boundaries. When they realize that they're losing control, they may get more desperate. And that's the time for you to make some difficult decisions. You don't have to be near, if you don't have to be near that person. You can just cut them off. Sometimes you still have to be near them because of work or, you know, you live with them. In the same circles, you might be, yeah, you might be family, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now that's so, the point to think about, like, how do you then move forward? Because, yeah, a lot of times I think people do, they try to apologize. But I think the one mistake we make a lot of times is we'll apologize for our part. And when that's not accepted or it's not good enough, we keep, trying to be in it and that's where it's like that's never going to get us anywhere we just need to say yeah i'm sorry end of discussion mm -hmm. yeah period yeah. yeah right so yeah nobody needs to put up with this kind of so and if you are dealing with this in your life i mean it might be good to talk to a therapist or talk to somebody mm -hmm. about it so well and i hope that that kid you know finds that because that's that blackmailing of well or even if they haven't come out and said it, it's that threat of well, if I stand up to my friends and I'm not going to be friends, but you don't really have good friends anyway. If they're treating you like that, they're not. Yeah. Not true friends. And it's so hard to see when you don't have other people that you feel like have your back. So it's a lonely place to be. I hope that he right. Right. gets some, or he or she, I can't remember, mm -hmm. but they get some good, uh, yeah so that's all i had i just want to get that out there and uh don't mind me but i am going to eat some crackers while you're talking because my stomach is like madly growling all right well i'm going to talk then while you eat your crackers just don't chew too loud because i don't want people to not be able to hear what i'm saying <laughs> oh god it's saltines don't choke on saltines if you laugh when you're eating a saltine that's like the most crumbly cracker it's so easy to inhale get caught i know <laughs> Well, thanks yeah. for setting me up like that. Now it's going to happen. Go ahead. Now I'm going to feel bad. It's like, <laughs> like Dave, share any time. Like, go ahead. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I want to talk about just going back to basics a little bit and really sharpening kind of your craft or your skills, whatever it is that you're working on. And for me, uh, you know, I've been doing comedy for six years now. And uh, the last, you know, the last year I, I slowed down on comedy. I never stopped. I just, wasn't doing it as much. And so I've really been challenging myself to go to more open mics and I started recording my sets more again and, and just kind of working on some stuff. But I had this whole, you know, set of jokes that were all really well rehearsed that I've used the last couple of years. And I, I've sprinkled things in and I've continued to develop it, but I've really challenged myself to have a new joke a week every time I go to an open mic the last three or four months. Right but I hadn't been listening to the sets as much. And I was making notes on this and that. And I, I decided to just post a couple of short clips inspired by watching, you know, your clip that you posted from the Love em or Leave em show. And I was like, I need to just grab one of the things from the show and just post one of the jokes. Mm -hmm. So I challenged myself to do that because even though, um, 
the the audio I, I just I didn't have a set that I felt like oh this is a great quality set in the recording that I would want to use mm -hmm. there are jokes that work in there because a lot of times you know as you know as comedians you record your set and it doesn't always capture the laughter or maybe it's not the best angle so it's it's hard to get that but as I was listening to it I I heard a couple laughs in places where I didn't realize there was laughing I thought oh I need to slow down there because that joke could be strung out a little bit, or maybe if I pause while they're laughing and make some facial gestures, kind of think about it for a second. Uh, then I also noticed there are some times where I have some crutch words that I've used a little bit. Like I'll say the word, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, that, or it's true, true story. And you can only say that so many times before people are like, we get it, you know? Yeah. But I, I I kind of remember when I first started doing comedy, I would leave every open mic and I would get in my car and I would play the audio and I would count the laughs per minute to kind of gauge how I did. It's like, oh, I got mm -hmm. this number of laughs or this number. And then I would find spots where it's like, oh, I, I'm talking too fast here. I need to slow down because they're starting to laugh and I keep telling the joke. Or I would notice, oh, you know what? I'm saying some extra words. Like I have that joke about, um, about dating a younger guy and you know, calling him a snack and whatever. Well, I noticed I'm saying too many words at the beginning of the joke. And I could find that on paper if I wrote it out and just be like, oh, it cuts right. out. But when I listen to it, it's so obvious that it doesn't matter that I said I tried it for a bit and that it was a little while ago or whatever. I could just say, I went out with a younger guy. And I, and I think what I said was, I tried going out with a younger guy not too long ago. Like all that stuff doesn't matter to the joke. Right. I went out with a younger guy. I started calling him a snack. And that's where I noticed people were laughing, which I didn't really plan for a laugh there. So I could pause, nom, 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 you know, whatever, throw something in there and then go on to the rest of the joke. But uh, it just reminds me that no matter how far you get in what you're doing, there's value in going back to how you started and how you really studied and practiced. Mm -hmm. because now I can take the skills I've developed the last six years, go back to that grinding of the very basic how to be funny and how to craft your jokes and take that to the next level. Right. Right. I, know, I think I've talked to you uh, lately about, you know, um, I've always been very rehearsed like I I say my jokes the exact same way because because I wrote them in a specific way for a specific reason right but then you know uh, I found myself appearing maybe too rehearsed mm -hmm. so then it was my goal to be a little more relaxed and so I've really been working on that well now I've gotten so relaxed that I'm too relaxed so now yeah. I'm trying to find a happy medium and I need to go back to the middle Right. Well, I'm a little more professional and rehearsed, but not so rigid about it. So yeah, I like the idea. And I've done this a, a couple of times where I have some jokes. I've used this more for when I'm doing a speech or motivational speaking, where I'm very loose with telling the story, but I have a very rehearsed point that I'm making. So I don't try to memorize word for word the story. But when it comes to the point, I can say, this is the point I'm making. This is the way I want to deliver it. And this part I have memorized. So I never vary from how I get my point across. 
And with comedy, I, I can do that a little bit with punchlines where I can tell the setup and I can mess around with that, but the punchline is always the same order and precise. But, mm -hmm. but, but you know, it's tricky with comedy because the timing does have to be so much more planned out. You can't Right, right. So, so that's kind of my lesson this week is just getting back to that main thing. And I, and I actually have been thinking about doing that even with my website and my YouTube channel. There's a lot of areas that I studied about doing and watched so many things over and over again on how to be good at what I was getting into. And then I went down the path and now I need to come back and think, okay, there's some basic lessons I need to come back and implement on all of those things. Mm-hmm, right. So. Well. So that's that. That's a fun thing, though. I mean, a, a, about comedy, I don't know about other jobs, if it's really fun, mm -hmm. you know, as much fun to just like figure out, well, maybe it is like at my other job, figuring out the best way to approach like difficult students or whatever. Oh, I but Yeah, I, I think it is because even like with with this student you were talking about earlier, it's like now you've researched some things and you're like, you know what? Here's some things I can bring back and help that kid even more. And that's going to feel good because you're going to feel like you're even... Mm -hmm bigger resource than you already are in, in that kid's life yeah you know what I've really noticed is that kids uh interpersonal skills are really poor right now mm. you know with the pandemic and everything yeah. and and just with the uh yeah, everything being online people don't talk to you the kids don't talk they don't know how to carry on a conversation anymore they don't talk I, they tick tock haha <laughs> So yeah, so I'm like really working on, trying to work on, I don't know how to teach them to gain some of those, that those skills are important because right. they don't really see the value in that, I guess. I don't know. It's tricky. Uh, I think, and I, that's, that's kind of a good point because I think that there is value in them experiencing it enough to where they then find the value when they see what they can get out of it and how fulfilling it can be. But, but we've got to get them into those situations where they go, oh, wow, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize this is why this was important or why. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. And, and there's, a, there's an importance to getting out of your comfort zone enough to experience it because that's a whole thing. So. Um, we have some comments. Excellent. On our page uh, from Carrie Benner uh, that she, um, Hi, Carrie. Uh, she has family member that emotionally manipulates her. She's trying to become stronger, but it's not easy. Definitely a work in progress. Yeah. And that there are some things that she's guilty of and never thought of it as a negative. Hmm. Um, she said, I called her out on that. Um, yeah, I have a tendency to do that kind of thing. But, but that's also, when you have a solid friendship, you can do that and be like, hey, we have enough of a base that I can share this with you if it's healthy and it can be received. And Carrie says she loves it when a certain person gives her the silent treatment because it gives <laughs> her a little break. So oh, sometimes that's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh huh. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Carrie, for sharing and for opening up. Yeah. And share stuff about what's going on in your life. But it's, it's a, a unfortunate that I, we don't see the often see the comments in real time yes we're um to be able to bring someone in on the conversation while we're doing it you know we might want to um 
We might want to upgrade something there. Uh, I'm totally on a different thing, but we might, I don't know if we can do that, but we might want to have somebody on who is TikTok famous uh, teach us what they've learned about how to become TikTok famous. That could be fun because I'm preparing for the fame and I'm not sure, you know, what I don't know yet. You know, because you don't know what you don't know. Right. I don't know. Do I need security? Do I, you know, like, do I need a financial manager for my TikTok funds or however right. you use funds? Like, these are and a booking agent for my schedule. Like, I need to know these things because I got like, I, I think we also need to do more TikToks together. Yes, but how do you do that? Like, we need a TikTok intern account. who calls around and like, boom, boom, boom. oh, like, a, yeah, you can create, you can have multiple. TikToks. I mean, because I could create and and we could do wet, and but just to have like where you and I go out and do one together, like yeah. whose account do we post it on? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we could create a way to, have... or we could just take turns, or we could we could we could, you know, we could, we'll figure that out. It'll be mm -hmm. fun. But I like that. I like learning new things, new skills. Yeah. And I have to say, um, thank God for the people in my life that are in different places in their life. Because right now, I would not have figured out any of these TikTok things if I didn't know some young people, uh, particularly Emilia Otter. Like, she's been like, she's like, well, just Your guru. She's like, she's like, well, you could do this. I'm like, well, how do I do that? She's like, well, you might have to Google how to screen record on your phone because I'm sure you can just like, okay but but yeah. but just the the mentality of what some of the options are that i don't think about being an option to do then i can go learn how to do it even if i'm learning on my own how to do that thing but just the conversation about well why don't you try this or try that i'm like oh mm -hmm. I can do that so it's exciting i yeah it's good you'll have to probably i'm sure you can teach me stuff now because i don't i don't get that technically creative on my yeah we'll play around with it It'll be fun. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to some TikToks. I have TikTok ideas for us. I, I'm like all day long. It's like, oh, this is an idea. And that's an idea. And, I'm this, that. and, and uh, I know. Excuse me. I'm going to go hungry making TikTok videos and not making income to pay rent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You might want to schedule your TikTok time in and leave it. I, I'm that. going to start doing that. I'm giving myself a good two weeks of the talking and the ticking before I ramp it in. And the ticking and the talking. The ticking and the talking. Oh, that's fun. My stomach is like loudly complaining. Oh, Altines didn't quite do it. Not well, quite. I have to go win a trip to Ireland in a little bit, so I'm gonna get my- Oh, stuff. that's right, yeah. Well, I gotta go get pretty for my show in person. Well, enjoy it. Good luck tonight. Knock them dead, uh, break a leg. What is the right term for comedy, by the way? Because I know like you're not supposed to say good luck to theater. Yeah, I think it's break a I think it's break a leg. For comedy, okay. I'm hoping for a good video, either tonight or this weekend. A good submission video. I have some producers I want to submit to and some festivals, and I need a better video. So cross yeah. your fingers for me that I'm gonna get it. All right. So I can't cross um, my fingers. So is that a defect or is it because I'm my fingers are too fat? It won't. I, I can't do it. Some people, yeah, because there are things that genetically you just can't do. Like, I have this weird thumb that does this, like. Really? Joystick. I can't go three like that. I have to go three like that. And also, I can do the, is it, how do you do the live long and prosper? I can do that. Nice. The vagina. All right. <laughs> All right, love you.